welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast, a sports entertainment podcast. I have my man Justin here with me. However, we are going to mow through a week's worth of sports entertainment. My goodness, uh, I felt like the last hour and a half of SmackDown was basically a um, pay-per-view. The first the first hour was pretty much Seth and Edge talking and then a little bit of that other stuff. But anyway, let's go through the whole week. We'll start with this. Just talk about the Queen of the Ring and the King of the Ring at first. Um, this shouldn't take too long, like the Queen of the Ring matches. I was about to say, oh, you stole my bird. <laughs> what on earth, right? I don't understand how you can have... Somebody put the stat out like the, the first four women's matches in the women in the Queen of the Ring tournament took less time than one of the men's matches. Well, not just that. It, d- dude, if you take the almost and AJ and Riddle talking, that one episode right there, that one part of the program was longer than the whole women's tournament right now. And it served no purpose. You beat up Riddle. That's it. We'll get there. Okay, so we have um on Raw you had the setup with Dewdrop and Natalia. I didn't have a huge problem with the result. I had a problem with 120 seconds. I didn't I liked the way she rolled her up. I felt like in the roll up she grabbed the shoulders, she had all of her all of her size on top of her, so there's no way for her to really kick out in theory, and it worked for me. I didn't have any problem with it. It was clean. I mean, I love Natalia, but well, and I didn't have a problem with the other Raw Queen of the Ring tournament because Shayna is turning into what we've always thought she was supposed to be. So Shayna, in turn, putting this beat down on Dana Brooke and beating her quickly, and then Dana having to escape before fatal injury or whatever you want to call it, it uh, that made sense to me. I liked it. Yeah, but. That doesn't stand out because every other match in the tournament lasts at the same time. Exactly. The the Vega versus Carmella matchup, again, it was you had them talking outside of the ring backstage where they decide they're not going to hit each other in the face or whatever. They go down there. You have Mella accidentally kick her in the face, and then she gets out of the ring. After Zelina decides, okay, well, if we're going to fight like that, we'll fight like that, which is fine. Right? That's that's a cool story. She gets out of the ring and Liv doesn't let her have the mask. Again, I got no problem with that. But then we get in the ring and it's nice and quick. And what are we doing, guys? But how am I going to explain Zelina and Dewdrop or Zelina and Baszler? Who I, I'm, at this point, I think Baszler is the queen. She's the queen of spades anyway, right? Optically, Dewdrop being the winner makes makes sense. I mean, she's the biggest, strongest candidate. Baszler is probably as by far the best fighter left in the tournament or in the company anyway, so that makes sense. And Zelina is a fantastic performer who's never gotten a shot. So, And, and th- that's kind of the reason you have a tournament like this in theory. But if you only give me two minutes, what am I supposed to think here? Yeah, and if I could watch the whole tournament back-to-back in less time than one episode of a sitcom... Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay in the women's division for a second, and we're gonna save what I feel like the other half of the women's division is for the end, which I think they have booked fairly well, and I, I don't want to. So I'm just gonna separate the two completely, 
And two, the bookend of the last match of the week was a just banger, you know what I mean, between uh-huh. Sasha and Becky, which was fantastic. So we'll wait on that. You have Sonya Deville and her, Naomi giving Sonya her comeuppance, but Sonya is the boss, so she has a heater, a, a person that can do her dirty work. A mercenary, correct. And so she says, okay, I'm going to tag team against you with Baszler. Although Naomi fights valiantly, she gets beaten up. I thought, I thought this was great. I didn't have any issue with any of it. I felt like, I almost felt like Naomi got too much offense, but she is the baby face that is trying to turn. So I don't hate it. I thought Sonya looked so cool in the Ric Flair. I'm taking off my jacket to whoop your ass. Dude, I mean, we've never seen that, right? In the history of wrestling, have we ever seen a woman power figure not only abusing her power, Stephanie would abuse her power, and getting physical, but Stephanie would slap somebody and then wind up getting, you know, running away or whatever. But here we have a legitimate fighter in charge who is not, she, she is a kingpin type villain, you know, and she has a a mercenary at her, at her helm. This is great to me for the whole division. It also kind of alludes to the fact that Baszler being on one show doesn't matter as much because if, if Sonya decides she has a problem with somebody on the other show, she can bring her heater with her. So let's talk about something just fantastic. The women's tag team division. Did you see what the champs did this weekend, Justin? No, I didn't, Kevin. What did the champs do this weekend? Well, they, 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 they were walking around backstage and they saw Jim Moore, uh, they saw John Morrison who I believe was thinking of Jim Morrison as he was finding his chi backstage Indian style on top, on top of one of the moving boxes. And they said, what are you doing? He explained and they said, do you understand what that means? And both of them said no and walked away. That was the complete amount. Now don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem if you didn't have them on television because you do, you are doing a king of the ring. You are doing a queen of the ring. You are doing all the stuff to set up what is an incredibly heavily featured booking of this crown jewel event. Why did you bother with that though? Do you just have to remind people they're here? I think that's it. I think that's all of it. My audience is, I'll, I'll piggyback on that if you don't mind me going someplace with this. Go for it. How many times do you think, how much time do you think they take up Per week, if you count Raw and SmackDown, on showing us little clips of what happened the week before. Dude, I would like to do that math. I'd like somebody to do that, that math and give me an average. Because to me, if you if you take segments like this where they're just basically reminding us somebody's here, and you take segments like that where do you really think that your audience, even if you say, hey, they need to be reminded what happened last week, maybe they didn't watch. That's fine. You can, you don't, well, you know what? It's not fine. The people did, (laughs) the people did watch last week. And if they didn't watch last week, you're doing them a disservice thinking that, thinking that they're so stupid that they can't, if they're so stupid, they can't figure out what the plot lines are when they see these people and have a couple of minutes of interaction between them. Then they're not watching for that anyway. They're just watching for the punches and stuff or whatever. And so either way, you're not doing them a service in any way. Like when we watch New Japan, they tell you, like, you don't have to have seen Sonata and Evil to know they were tag partners. That'll happen in the ring and you'll figure it out. And that, and those aren't, and those aren't even, like, I love Sonata and Evil, but they aren't, 
Tanahashi. You know what I'm saying? But no. you can get that done. And, you know, you have all these talking segments here. Like when I'm trying to figure out, where could we on earth have found minutes to give to the women's wrestling? Ali, when, although I kind of like this part, I don't think it was necessary at all. What about when you had Baron Corbin's whole <coughs> talk show set up? They took time to do that. The time to get him out there. They took time to show us last week's terrible jokes. Mm-hmm. And then tell us a new terrible joke. Mm-hmm. Then have Boogs come out. Then have Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs basically just walk around, like, around the, you know, the walls of Jericho playing the horn. And then walk out. You couldn't have put that on the stage. You couldn't have set that up on the stage during the match beforehand. While that other match was going on, you couldn't have had that set up on the stage where the King of the Ring stuff is. You could have took those two chairs down. You could have put two more chairs up. It would have optically, it would have made a lot of sense. They could have been sitting there immediately. The five minutes on the front and the back end of all that mess, which was, I didn't, I get it. You have to remind me that to me personally, you don't have to show me happy Corbin and his minion every week. I can do that every other week, but if you want to give them some time, that could have been a minute and a half. Hell, Kevin, that could have been backstage and pre-taped. But if you feel like the live audience needs to see it, and we'll make believe there's no Jumbotron, and I get it, you want these heels to play to the crowd as they're getting annoyed, fine. But if you put them right there on the stage... Right, and then you have Boogs come out. It even makes more sense up because Boogs interrupts him, and he's right there by him. And then they can pitch hissy fits in the camera angle when you're watching it. As you've cut me off, totally makes more sense that way, right? And you've cut out all the bull. And you got Ali getting mad at at Mansoor before and after the match, and the beatdown after the match. He couldn't have, he couldn't have hit him with something post match. Did you need that two minutes right there post match? Uh-huh. Backstage, you didn't need that. He, the match could have ended. He could have hit him with something in the ring, stormed off. Boom, we told the exact same story. Orton Riddle, the backstage talking part, did we need that? That was a highlight and them two talking for nothing. For Riddle yeah. to go out there and get whooped. It's called time filler. But you but you don't need to fill time. If if, if you're giving me minute minute and a half matches, you don't need to have time. Four pre-match promos for the women's match. Four. Pre-match promos for the women's match, right? Do we need all of them? No. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind them getting mic time, but if you if you try, okay, uh, Drew and they Big do not think that the in-ring part is the focus of the show. Drew and Big E talking backstage. All of that was for the Mega Powers handshake, correct? They couldn't have done the Mega Powers handshake as the other two were walk as the Usos were walking away. Uh, it's it, it's just it's it's mind boggling. Anyway, so let's get into uh, the King of the Ring stuff, which I thought is being much better booked. <laughs> They're getting time. Like they they treat that more respectfully. Well, what what's frustrating about that is I see Steph getting these awards outside of wrestling for what they're doing for women's stuff. And don't get me wrong, when we get into the when we get into the top part of the women's division, we are going to see that they can do it with more time and stuff, right? But Xavier Woods winds up wrestling Ricochet in what I thought was a fantastic match and going over. They tease a Kofi and him 
a Kofi and him match up in the next round, but Jinder goes over. Did you have a problem with that? Right. Okay. Um, Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor on SmackDown. What did you think about that? <laughs> it was a good match. It wasn't the best match either one's ever had. It was. It, it wasn't the best it was match. Clunky in a few places. It wasn't the best match they've had against each other. Mm-mm. But it was good. It was good. I thought. I thought the Woods Ricochet though for this round was by far the best. If they gave. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they gave Woods Ricochet twenty minutes or seventeen minutes, like they did Sasha and and Becky, or like some other shows got specifically on YouTube yesterday, um, they would have had a match of the week candidate. Yep, it was that good, but it just wasn't quite long enough. But it was, but then again, I don't hate the amount of time it got. I'm just saying those two cats can go go go. Now let's get to some fun stuff, man. First of all, the Roman stuff was nice and simple, right? Roman comes out into the show, contract signing. I thought it was perfectly done because you gave the women the floor and the women killed it. I thought it was great. And then I loved the whole, you know, he has Paul read, read the contract and hand it over to, <laughs> to him and he signs it. They hand it to Brock. He signs it, dumps it, and Roman says, "What are you, an idiot or dumbass or something?" And he's like, "You know, you don't even read these things." He said, "Well, I had my advocate Paul check it out for me earlier today." And dude, the look on Roman's face, like he'd did he been. Say, now, did he say my advocate Paul, or did he say my advocate? He's man. I don't. I don't remember. Do you remember? I know the. I know the Roman thought he said minute Paul. And it worked so well as Paul's quivering and Brock is walking off like the cat that ate the canary. This whole thing has shown. Remember when Brock was doing the dancing with the radio on his shoulder? Okay, that was pretty good. This whole thing has kind of, again, showed a little bit of who Brock can be. Where now he's just getting to go out there and beat guys up and he doesn't have to be the bad guy. And he can kind of have fun with it a little bit. And it's just little bits and pieces. He's not talking more than, you know, 30 seconds at a time. But the whole thing is the swagger that he's getting to bring with him and the cowboy boots and the kicking back on the table with his feet, feet up. And I don't really care because the, you know, the bottom line is I can beat you up anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the, uh, grizzled veteran just enjoying the fight. Brock Lesnar. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Paul, I watched this thing the other day where Paul was doing a, yeah, and he, and Paul said, work or shoot in the ring with Brock. The results are the same. Work or shoot. If, if he wants to win, he wins. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he, but he took that into the whole, there's only a couple of people who know what happened in the ring with Taker and Brock that day. And he said, just so you know, Taker went to the hospital when it was over. So how do you know that that's how it was booked? See, and that is why all this Roman stuff works. Yes. Because you know who the guiding hand behind all these segments is. Yes, yes. You know it's Paul. Well, that's the thing. is What is working right now in WWE, other than the top tier of the women's division, I have to say I don't think, well, Big E worked, and that was written, and is working, but that and that is written. But I don't think that Seth and Edge are being told what to do. No. I don't think 
I don't think Roman and Paul are being told what to do. I think mm-hmm. that they're going out there and doing it. And and it's kind of funny how heavily scripted everything else in this whole thing is. And yet here we are with these fantastic statements. Dude, okay, we'll just while we're here, we'll go to Edge and Edge and Seth. I thought it was amazing. Edge sat down in the middle of that ring and just Okay, first of all, he quoted Luther Vandross, a house is not a home. Then he said, we're both devils and you should have no sympathy for a devil, quoting the Rolling Stones. And then he followed it up with my scars, which is Papa Roach, baby. <laughs> if he would have said, I tear myself open, I've sewn myself shut, that would have been so good. <laughs> I would have possibly vomited. His weakness is he cares too much, but that's not it anymore. (laughs) Come on, brother. Okay, but still, Edge killed it. Oh, dude, he's he's a master right now. Yes, they have found gold with these I'm sitting in the middle of the ring talking segments with him. And Seth has never been this good on the stick. It's crazy. Like, what he did last night, he basically, talking about work or shoot, he starts with a work promo. But when he got to the part where he was talking about what has happened to him in a cell, and he and he screamed, "Look at me!" You know, dude, that was that was so good, and that was that wasn't a word. When, when he when he said, "I know what the cell can do to a person," the lowest moment of his career, where people were spitting at him, throwing drinks at him outside of hell in a cell, because of what happened with the fiend. Where he goes, where he said on the Austin on the Austin podcast, I went backstage and I was staring Vince in the eyes, and, and Vince is looking at a man that's got beer on him and got spit on him, furious. And Vince is calm enough to rather than try to explain it to him right then, to get up and walk out of the room and keep Seth from getting fired, you know, because <laughs> that's I mean you know. Go ahead. That was that was all smart and all, but Seth was exactly right. That was crap. That was that was poorly written, awful, with no redeeming qualities. And, and the only thing I can hope for is that Vince McMahon got up in shame and just left the room because he felt so bad about what he'd just done. But I don't think he's capable of that kind of introspection or insight into his own. Uh, process but it does show somewhat that certain people like we've all seen the footage where brock throws the belt at vince Mm -hmm. you know now but 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 when we get back to this promo when he says you know i've spent more time in that cell than you have edge when you're over there threatening me and edge had given him credit and had and had alluded to the fact that i believe that this kid is basically you know when he said you know nobody matches the intensity in the ring that i faced like you do that kind of thing. We're, you know, I thought that was great. What edge did. I thought with the Seth, the Seth rebuttal about, you have no clue what this cell has done to me, dude. Like mm-hmm. the cell and your, what you did in the, um, to Seth's credit, he took that cell, the low, like you said, lowest moment of his career and built it into a new character. And that shows everybody tries to pick itself a lot of the time I think for you know you're great in the ring but the reason they can't you couldn't be at the top is because the outside the ring you know, stuff you were never as good but I think he's shown with this whole series that 
he was willing to take that and integrate it. And that's that's the way the, the best do it, you know? You were so right. And the other thing about this was he finishes the promo with what you said, right? Because what does he say? He says, that cell made me the man I am today, mm-hmm. right? Which is exactly what you said. Without that moment, he never has to recoil and become something new. You know what I mean? And that's what happened here. And it was just fantastic. And it just, I want to see that match so bad. You know what I mean? And the same thing, and the same thing with, with Roman and Brock, they've got us just foaming at the mouth for these two matches. And I tell you what, that women's match has been booked in a way that is similar to that. Cause you know, you go back to raw, which I purposely skipped so we can see that, you know, we go back to raw and we have this matchup and you got Bianca and Sasha tag team partners. We got Becky and Charlotte tag team partners, and we know they don't get along. And how many times have you seen them go down there and then this winds up happening eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually they don't get along. They didn't do that here. They started fighting right out the chute. It never started. Eventually Sonya and Pierce come out and had them break it up and get in the ring. They split them up physically. Listening to Jamie Noble and who was the other guy? Davari. Poor Davari out there begging him, please stop, please stop, while he's trying to hold him, but not like. Fox. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Felt so bad for him because they're just flailing, you know what I mean? And, and just, and probably just about as strong as he is, you know? And oh, yeah. Bianca may be stronger. And, uh, well, I'm sure she is. You no, know, him, him doing that is like egging it on for him. Oh, yeah, well, then they know they got an excuse to really flail. Uh-huh. Cause they can't get free, right? So then you can really act crazy, you know? And so, but then they get him in the ring and, and that turns into both, uh, I'm better than you in the ring. But then like at some point, Sasha and Bianca realize, well, there's rules when I'm wrestling Charlotte and Becky, but I can throw my other person over the top rope or I can. <laughs> and it worked because they hate each other. And so when, when it winds up getting thrown out anyway, even though they got it started a different direction, it worked and it, and it had that whole, it was unique. It was well done. It worked. It took, they gave it time, let it, let it breathe with a commercial break in the middle of it. And then we get, uh, you liked it too, I hope. I loved it. I thought this, see, this shows you what they can do. Absolutely. And then we get the, the main event and they say we're going commercial free for the last half hour or whatever. And we get Becky walking to the ring, Sasha to the ring, Bianca on commentary. I thought Bianca was great on commentary. You so jumped you jumped to SmackDown, I'd like to. Yes. Then we go to SmackDown, right? And this is the last part of the week's episodes we're going to talk about. You wind up having – Bianca I thought was great because a lot of times with Becky or whoever, they dominate the conversation. and she yeah. And she watched the match and allowed it to happen. While we got just fantastic match, there was hardly no downtime when they wrestled. It was crazy because you watch like, you know, you watch a 30 minute match a lot of times with people and it wasn't lost on me that they'll hit each other and then let it breathe and hit each other, let it breathe. Next thing you know that they, they wrestled 30 minutes or 40 minutes, but they really wrestled 15. Mm-hmm. Right. And don't get me wrong. That can be beautiful in a storytelling format. What they did here in these 17, cause they went 17 minutes and it was probably nine to 11 minutes before you had a point where 
they spent a little bit of time, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, where they weren't touching each other and they were kind of heavy uh-huh. breathing. So the pace at which they ran here, and, you know, like Seth will say that, you know, I'm stronger than she is, but I don't have her motor for for CrossFit. And he's a lifetime CrossFitter. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, and Becky, her motor can just go. You know what I mean? And you see that here, and she got the showcases. And Sasha maybe I don't know anybody that's better than Sasha at wrestling. You, you know, and so when you got them together, and then the the setups were the Meteoras. Dude, her Meteoras are so good and probably so safe, the way they kind of look. Like, I think the hardest she hit anything was when she hit the post. Like, when she hit Becky, I don't think she really ever hit her that hard. You, you know? And so, but then, of course, you have the, the thing where I, I thought this was really cool, too, because Becky goes to hit Sasha, misses outside of the ring, clocks Bianca, and you think, okay, well, then Bianca's going to run in here and cost her the match. It's going to be DQ'd, thrown out, or whatever. But she didn't. She waited till a moment that mattered as Sasha had Becky on the ropes or had Becky, basically, I think she backstabbed her and then put her into the um, bank statement. Becky, prior to being in a really bad, bad spot, Becky crawls over to the side, manages to get her hand, and I thought, that's odd. She got her hand inside the steps in order to protect herself and keep her from being pulled out, and that's when Bianca slaps at her wrist with her hair, you heard the clank on the on the thing. She pulls her hand away just before it gets hit, but that turns into another bank, you know, bank statement. Boom, it's over. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great the way it was done. It was well done. Becky loses for the first time in a couple of years. It just amazing. You know what I mean? And we and I. So when we go into this, going into the crown jewel, let's wrap this thing up. Going into the crown jewel, we have beyond. We got. One of the matches we didn't talk about. We don't have to talk a lot about it, but I want to give it some credit. Oh my God, did I miss? I can't believe I almost missed that. Thank you so much. Talk about it, dude. That was that was probably my match of the, the week overall. It was just really. It was up there. Probably the one after it was really my match of the week, but I don't know. This was so good. Well, to your point. To your point, that's what tag team wrestling can be because as, as, as fast paced Sasha and, and Becky was, they can't be faster paced than two people. No. And the Usos were at their best. Street Profits were at their best. And, and I'm not just talking about the offensive stuff. Angelo Dawkins was selling mm. amazing, dude. He's so good. You that big and that good at physical, like, I'm not, when I say physical humor, I don't mean he was being funny, but what I mean is like that kind of, I can make it look like I'm hurt and wobbly and falling down in an exaggerated manner, but it still looked good. Agreed. Dude, and come on, the, when Montez Ford jumps over the ring post <laughs> to hit both Usos, <laughs> <laughs> He's ridiculous. Tell me this: Is he put on about ten pounds, dude? His upper body is getting there, and, and um, you know the Usos—they don't miss. I mean, when I when I say they don't miss, I'm I'm not kidding. They have been putting on match. This is a great, great match. For the you know, Street Profits, don't have bad matches. Clean win. Either. Clean win. Clean. Street fight, there, there wasn't a dirt. Right. Right. 
clean win, and they get rid of the profits to the other show. And I feel like the profits have just let us know that they're ready to go over to the other show and kill it. I, I don't, I don't see how they're not the champs if they don't break them up soon, because I, because this this whole. It, it just feels like there's a shelf, shelf life to how long you can keep Randy Orton and AJ Styles and Matt Riddle in a, a Moss, um, mm-hmm. in tag in teams. Tag right. Even if you have AJ eventually turning into just his mentor and doing his own thing sometimes, it just doesn't, it's cool. Their matches are fine, but Amos feels like he needs to be a big show type attraction. Mm-hmm. And that's not a tag team. You know, you know, I mean, it works sometimes, but you know what I mean. I, I like what they've done here and I like what they've done with both programs. I just didn't like what they did in this last episode. But the, but this match particularly, what you're talking about, and this is why I say that the Usos and Roman are, are showing us that the greatest wrestling family in history is, is being established right now. You know what I almost mentioned a wish too, though? I know this would never happen, but. It almost makes me wish the Usos could go, like, man, how would you like to see the Usos versus, like, the Lucha Brothers? Or the Usos versus Young Bucks? Usos versus, you know, we did we ever get to see Usos uh, revival, FTR? Oh, yeah, they made them shave their butt. Remember they put like icy hot in their jock straps oh, yeah. and all that? that was, I tried to forget that. That's the reason why. Say what you uh, want. I'm still talking about it today. Uh, <laughs> still talking about the plane ride from hell, too. That ain't helping any people out, though. Hey, but I, I want to say this, though. You, you name Pride and Powerful versus the Usos. That's the match, dude. And the, the Heritage versus Heritage angle you could do with that, it just, you know. I don't, I don't think it ever, I don't, I don't think it happens unless something weird were to happen with the booking of, I, I think the Pride and Powerful really like it over there, but they haven't had a belt yet. And so maybe at some point they're like, Hey, that's the question I keep saying in my head. At some point Vince poaches a couple of guys and puts them right on top. And I hadn't thought about that till you mentioned it. But man, that sounds like a great spot to start at. They were right there with Jericho. Mm-hmm. If you poached them and put them right on top, I mean, you could you could put them in. I mean, you could literally stick them in a multiple tag match at WrestleMania and it's like a surprise thing, mm-hmm. and have them go over the first night, and everybody would pop, and everybody would be like, "See, AEW could never or WWE fans, not everybody would be like, see, AEW would never give them the belts. WWE did it the first night, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the stuff that they do back and forth, you know, between well, each and, other. And, and, but that's the thing, and that's the thing that people don't get to is I don't want one of these companies to win. No, I want them to both have to keep feuding with each other because that means you've got to you, you're constantly trying to up your game. You're constantly trying to be new. You're trying you're trying to be creative. You're trying to think of ways to, you know. To your point, Justin, to your point, we got Sasha Banks versus Becky for 17 minutes of actual wrestling for free this week. We got the Prophets versus the New Day for free this week. We got a four-woman tag match for free that was banger. 
CM Punk is literally starting out every Rampage episode, opening the opening that he's the curtain jerk of every Rampage show. Okay, <laughs> he's wrestling different guys, but still it's Punk, and he's having bangers. For free on YouTube. Brian Danielson for free on YouTube. You don't even have to buy in, uh, New Japan channel to see that. Are you kidding me? And people are like, I hope WWE goes out of business. I hope, well, first of all, if WWE goes out of business, they're probably the largest employer in the world of wrestlers. Yeah, that's not good for And you may hate writers, but they've employed a bunch of them too. You know what I mean? That's the one thing that rubbed me wrong about Mox saying they all needed to be fired. I was like, well, dang. If he would have walked in and said all the bad wrestlers need to be fired, they'd have had a field day with him. Mm-hmm. Those, those those writers got got families too, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> right. But listen. Well, what I understand too, it doesn't matter what they write. This right. tears up those in the garbage anyway. Right. Right. They're not getting to see their thoughts and come to fruition because it get you know it gets rewritten minutes before the show. If you believe the dirt sheets. Let's get on a crown rule. Bianca, Becky, Sasha, who win? We'll go out there and say Bianca. I agree with you. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think Bianca wins. And I think they just flip where the belts are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this has a shot at being match of the year. Roman Lesnar. Roman. By Paul Heyman. Yeah, I think Paul will have something to do with, with, like, it'll look like he's on Brock's side and then he'll backstab him at the last second. Either that or, I'm still thinking back to, you know, Brock saying, I had my advocate look over it this morning. I went and looked it up. Uh, and it says that he, but I didn't watch, I didn't go watch the episode, so he might have said Paul. But, what if the advocate ain't Paul? What if Brock Lesnar's just got a new advocate? I like it. I like it a lot, as a matter of fact. So what do you think about Big E and uh, Drew McIntyre? Oh, Big E. Big E? Okay. What do you think? Lashley Goldberg? Um, I think, Kevin, I think the point of this match is that we all lose. (laughs) We all lose for having this happen to us. Correct. I I believe Goldberg may win. Okay, good deal. Because he's got to avenge his son. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, somebody should avenge his son for being named Gage, but, uh. Yeah, I got you. Okay, RK Bro versus AJ and almost. I'm gonna go RK Bro! I think you're right. Edge Rollins. Edge. For the win. I agree. I agree. I think Edge is gonna, I think Edge is gonna win and then Rollins is gonna attack Big E on Monday and then he'll be off and running and lose to Big E. But um, I think it'll be great television. I think that Edge and Rollins has a shot at being match of the year, too. I think that they may be going for that when they get out there. Okay, so this has been a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the Game Project, theginnproject.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Thank you for checking us out. Justin. Go home.